Welcome to SCOTUS Sneak Peek by Bloomberg Law, where we preview what's ahead at the Supreme Court for the week of November 5th. I'm Kimberly Robinson. And I'm Jordan Rubin. So, Jordan, why don't you tell us uh, what's up at the court for the week? Sure. So this is the second week of the so-called November sitting. Uh, On Monday, as usual, we're going to first have orders, and then we're going to hear arguments in two cases that both address federalism. Uh, The cases are Sturgeon against Frost and Virginia Uranium Inc. against Warren. And the first case, uh, Sturgeon against Frost, it deals with the time-honored American tradition of using a hovercraft to travel in a national park in order to go and hunt moose. Now, what happened here was the person who was engaging in that activity was told by the National Park Service that under a federal regulation, he was not allowed to do that. And this person then challenged the regulation saying that actually it's an Alaska state law that controls this. And so the court will be uh, addressing the question of essentially which consideration plays out. This is a state against uh, federal power, general federalism concern that could address sort of how federal authorities can uh, regulate these types of practices generally. And then in the second case, this is again another sort of state against Fed battle where the topic is uranium mining. There's a company that is sitting on the largest uranium deposit in the country and apparently one of the largest in the world. So naturally, they would like to make some money off of that. The problem is that Virginia has a state law that disallows people from mining uranium. And now here, the situation is that the company is saying that a federal law should actually uh, preempt the state from being able to ban uranium mining. So the company is saying, no, it's actually the federal law that controls here. So uh, given the supremacy of the federal law, they should be able to mine uranium. Some of the facts of that case get into sort of uh, details about what actually goes into mining uranium and things like that. So the justices could get caught up on that a little bit. But again, both arguments are dealing generally with questions of federal against state power. Well, and they also talk uh, about the environment. And that's why our Bloomberg Environment Desk will be covering both cases. You can look out for uh, a summary of the oral arguments on Monday, November 5th. What about Tuesday, Jordan? This is actually kicking off uh, on Tuesday as one of the more high-profile cases. Uh, Why don't you tell us about Bucklew? Sure. Uh, Russell Bucklew is a death row inmate in Missouri. And to make a long story short, he has a lot of really bad health issues. And he has this rare disease where he says if the state executes him by way of lethal injection, which is the way that the state likes to do it, it will be a bloody and gruesome spectacle with exploding and bloody tumors and all sorts of things like that. Bucklew is proposing an alternative method of execution, lethal gas. And so this case all happens against the backdrop of the Eighth Amendment ban on cruel and unusual punishment. And so a big part of the question is, what does an inmate have to show in order to be able to be executed in a way different from a way that the inmate says will be uh, otherwise too painful uh, to bear under the, the Constitution? And so that's the first argument 
of that day on on Tuesday. And you're covering that one for us? I'm covering that one. And so uh, that was obviously just a short summary of it, but I'll have a more in-depth article on that. So look for that one uh, by Monday up on uh, news.bloomberglaw.com if you're looking for some more detail on the, the Bucklew case and what to expect there. And so after that argument, that's first thing on Tuesday morning. Uh, next, there's the argument in BNSF Railway Company against Luce. Kimberly, can you tell us anything about that? Well, sure. Uh, BNSF deals with the uh, Railroad Retirement Tax Act. This is actually take two for the RRTA at the Supreme Court. Um, so last term, the the justices considered whether stock options distributed by railroad companies were taxable under this act. Uh, in this case, they're going to be um, talking about whether payment for lost wages falls under the act. Um, again, the Supreme Court really likes the RRTA. Not sure um, a lot of other people really care about it, but if you are one of the people that do, uh, Bloomberg Tax uh, will have a summary of the argument for you. All right. And so then rounding out the week on Wednesday, November 7th, uh, we have two more arguments on that day. Uh, Kimberly, can you can you take us home and tell us what's going to happen in those last two arguments of the week? Well, sure. First up is Republic of Sudan versus Harrison. And this is really a couple of cases where victims of the 2000 USS Cole bombing were able to get multi-million dollar awards against the Republic of Sudan um, for their involvement and support of terrorists who were responsible for the attack. Uh, now those victims are trying to actually get the money and um all of that will hinge on uh, whether or not they, ex they executed the service of process correctly. Uh, the Foreign Sovereign Immunities Act requires them um, to serve it, but it's not clear if they can serve it um, at the, the embassy here in the United States, as is what happened in these cases, uh, or if they actually must serve them abroad. So that's the issue um, in Republic of Sudan versus Harrison. And then wrapping up the November sitting is Colbertson versus Berryhill. What's happening in that one? Well, this is really a case about attorney's fees and Social Security disabilities benefits cases. Uh, there's a cap on attorney's fees in these kinds of cases, and uh, this is about precisely what the cap applies to and whether or not attorneys can get um, more if you know their their services fall outside of the cap. Uh, the really interesting thing about this, which um, we wrote about a couple of months ago, was that the Supreme Court appointed an amici, amici in this case because uh, neither party agreed to with the the reasoning below, and so they appointed someone to defend the judgment below. Uh, typically, they uh, get former law clerks to do it. Right. This term, uh, they. Uh, did something unusual, and they appointed a, a non-former Supreme Court clerk. This will be her first argument in the Supreme Court, and uh, you know that's something pretty interesting to watch. All right, thanks, Kimberly, and attorneys, look out, see if you can uh, start getting more of those fees. Kimberly will have a story for you all on that. Well, thank you all for listening. This has been a Scotus sneak peek. You can follow along with all the latest Supreme Court news at news.bloomberglaw.com. Until next time.